Eve. Hi, welcome to Demi Goddess, a podcast hosted by me, Demi Burnett. You probably know me from my time on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, or maybe your friend is a Bachelor Nation stan and you've become a fan of mine by osmosis. As a person with autism nearing my one-year sobriety anniversary, I am just poised to say the darnest things. No filter in sight. Demi Goddess is a podcast where I break down stereotypes and give you my hot takes on just about everything. From dumpster diving in the depths of tender to guessing sex toys, to relating everything back to the motherfucking patriarchy. I say it like it is, and honestly, I don't really give a shit. Plus, I chat with some amazing guests. Today, I'm talking to internet personality and creator of the famous meme page, Daddy Issues, Violet Benson. Violet has made a career out of being the one to say what everyone else is actually thinking, and I love her for that. Two women with no filters in a studio. Baby, you best believe we get into it. Demi Goddess is available on all podcast platforms, or you can watch this full episode on our Eve YouTube channel. So rate, review, and subscribe. It's time to start the show. Things are about to go down. All right. Hello. Hello. What Today, I'm saying shut your pie hole to myself because I have questions, baby. Very important questions about the circle. So I'm going to pose them on you because I can't ask myself questions constantly. <laughs> While I'm watching the circle... I'm really enjoying it. I've watched all the seasons. And I always think about what strategy I would use while watching it. There's always the flirting strategy, right? Like everyone's out there flirting. I mean, they're probably horny. I think that they might be horny because they are all locked up by themselves. So the flirting is convenient. But would you flirt for strategy? I want to know, honestly, listeners, what do you think about flirting for strategy? Email us your responses. I want to know what you think, because there's a fine line of whether or not it is morally correct. If you wouldn't flirt, what would your strategy be? There's $100,000 on the line in this show. And a lot of people, I think, go on to the circle and they're just going on to be on a TV show and they need to plan their strategy out a little better. They're like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll catfish. And it's like, you got to know how to commit to the bit. If I were to go on the circle, my strategy would be to be myself and to make sure that everyone felt validated And felt safe with me because that's just who I am. I won employee of the month two times at my last job and they voted me the People's Choice Award. My co-workers voted me as their favorite employee to work with. That is at work. Nobody wants to be there. And I made their work time better. I think I could win the circle. Circle, cast me. You heard it here first. Cast me. Okay, that's enough pie for one day. Violet, I can't believe that we're finally meeting in person. I know. I literally thought I already knew you. So that was so funny. I know. It's because we've had such intimate conversations, like relating on a deep level that it feels like I've had to have met you. I know. But I also feel like because with the internet, how things have changed that you're just, it feels like people on the internet are literally your friends. So when you see people, you just think that you already know them. This happens to me all the time on the street. Sometimes I'll come up to, I was at a party and I came up to this girl and I was like, oh my God, hi, how are you? 
And she was just like, hi. And I'm like, oh, my God, we don't know each other. And she was like, no. And I'm like, I used to stalk your Instagram when I was talking to some guy. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And we're friends now. So. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's like a subconscious memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, And like, you know the most about like the internet friendships and stuff because you started daddy issues. So tell the listeners to catch them up like real quick about daddy issues and how your claim to fame. And I mean, I still can't believe you won the green guard lottery. Like that is still one of the most amazing stories I have to tell people. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I, I guess I think it's such a normal thing, but plus I've met a few other people who have won the green card lottery. Mm. But yeah, it's a real lottery for the green card. And I was one of my family was one of the many families to win it uh, overseas. <laughs> I am I'm from Russia and also I grew up in Israel. I know it's everyone's two favorite countries. I get it. Whatever. I was born in Russia. Then we had to escape Russia as Jews. So we were kind of in a way kicked out and Israel was the only country to accept us. I grew up in Israel until I was 14. And then my family and I won the green card lottery when basically we went on a trip to New York from my bar mitzvah. It was the first time in America. And um, my far uncle or whomever told my dad to just apply for the lottery. My dad was like, what are the odds? And they were like, he's like, who cares? Just do it. And he did. And a year later, we won. And I was the one to also answer the call. So my parents always call me their lucky charm. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine that feeling like having that phone call. That's so wild. Well, I didn't care for it. Like, I obviously didn't want to move. I'm I'm, um, I was like 13 at that point. I don't care. Like, I I just started making friends in my school. Mm. People stopped thinking I'm weird. I'm finally fitting in. And then I find out I'm moving to America. And I really didn't care for it. But my parents wanted a better future for my sister and I. And moved to America when we moved straight to Los Angeles. I don't, we don't really have much family. So we were b- very on our own. We moved to Los Angeles. I don't know why my dad just figured that was like where we should go. Like, damn, that's a tough place to move to. Like, it's a just not kind place to move to. Los um, Angeles. I don't know. I guess I never really... I think my I have a very immigrant mentality and the way my father raised me with my hands, daddy issues. I've always walked around understanding that the world doesn't owe me anything. So whether people were kind to me or not, it not that it it didn't bother me. Like I knew it had nothing to do with me. So I just kind of just did my best to exist. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. So I just never thought the world owes me anything. That's I just kind of, yeah. especially because when I grew up in Israel, we were rich. When we moved to America, we were poor. We lost all our money. We had, we didn't, I was poor and um, I still wanted to be rich. So I kept hanging out with rich friends. I started tutoring math. Uh, I tutored math for 10 years to try to make money on the side to figure out like how to kind of be like my cool friends. I used to be very embarrassed of where I live. So I would tell my boyfriends or even my friends when they would drop me off at my house, I would have them drop me off at a Ralph's that was next to my house because I didn't want them to see where I lived. But like, you know, I just got by and I just knew, I just kept telling myself like one day I'm going to be rich and every I'm going to take care of my parents and none of this is going to matter. And that was always my goal. So I got two degrees. I have a degree in uh, business law and I have a degree in accounting. I graduated when I was 20 from Cal State. And then I was ready to be an accountant. That was my goal. That was my dream. I wanted to be a partner at an accounting firm so I can make good money. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> did not work out for me. The women on my team made my life a living hell. But public accounting is very, very, very tough. A lot of people can't handle it. Ah, I didn't know about that. 
Public accounting and also large uh, law firms are insane because, for example, public accounting, we get graded on our um, work ethics and also on how we work and also how on our personalities every three months. How do they how do they like grade your personality? It's insane. I'm pretty sure it's not allowed because HR had to get involved. But like one of the reasons I'm currently on Adderall Mm -hmm. was because in my accounting firm, they didn't like that I was too bubbly. And my career advisor, who's also one of my managers, um, told me that I should get a medication for it, which is very illegal to do. Hence, HR had to get involved, but hence why I wanted to be to fit in in that firm so much that I got on Adderall because of it. Mm-hmm. That was just so messed up for them to treat you that way. But like, I I love that you have like all of the credentials to like back up everything that you do because now. You know, you you do daddy issues. You like you made this genius meme page, and people discredit me on the regular for everything that I do because I have no credentials. I don't have a degree. I don't have anything like that. You know, it's like oh, Demi says whatever, but it's like you inspire me because it's like you can prove that you know what you're talking about. Yes and no, in a sense, in regards to, I think people. It's so easy to sit and discredit others of whatever they have to say based on their life experience. It's, it's always like, hey, the one comment that you said, I can't relate based on my life experience. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you that you're wrong. Like, it's like, how about that we're all going through different things and we're all doing our best. And it's if you want to tune in to what someone has to say, tune in. If you don't, don't. If you think you can do a better job, go ahead. If you have a platform, <laughs> go on the Internet, figure it out, grow your brand. And give better advice then. That's how I, that's how I feel. I think I think it's so easy to tell everyone else that they're doing something wrong while you're just sitting on the couch not doing anything. Like, um, do you struggle with people like challenging you? Um, I think it depends where my head is at. If I'm having a really bad day or I'm in a bad headspace, like I'm going through my depressive episode and I'm feeling low, it's much easier for people to get to me. Who are these motherfuckers that are coming for you? Like who challenges you? Who has something to say? Is it like the in general the trolls or is I'm just wondering if there's like a specific podcast or something like or someone else because you're saying if you think you can do it better then do it better. I don't know. I think <laughs> I feel like I'm really bad at this stuff to relate to because I really do my best to tune out. Because I know what you mean by I, that because I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. better for the mental health to tune out. Because I'm so self-aware of how sometimes things can break me or sometimes if I'm if I know that especially if I'm low, I know how easy it's going to get to knock me down and also so self-aware that I know when I'm low, like it's a real low. It's not like some other people who can be low and then they just bounce back. Like for me, I'm, I'm a very extreme person. So if I'm low, like it's very hard for me to get out of it. So knowing that I now avoid things that I know are not good for my mental health, whether if I'm having a bad day, then I won't log on to social media. Like I'm okay with not being on my phone. Like people find it hard to believe. But when I go out with my friends or I'm hanging out with people, I'm not even on my phone. And my friends are the ones who don't do social media. They're on their phones every two seconds. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm the most present person, too. I love that. Maybe that's why we always got along so well and our conversations get so deep because we are both so present. I'm not on my phone. I don't ever want to be on my phone. I want to be with whatever's going on in the moment. It's more healthy for me. Yeah. And it really bothers me when people say, oh, my God, what is that person doing? I would never do that. That's so cool. Well, guess what? You're not that person. So great. So you go ahead. Don't do that. But I think a lot of times when people sit there and judge other people like I would never do that. 
cool. So you stay living in fear, caring what other people say. But guess what? One day you're going to grow up and you're going to waste so much time caring so much what everyone else thinks. And then one day you're going to find out that no one was ever thinking about you. Literally no one cares <laughs> about you. And and the thing that I respect is and like having the self-awareness that you share, too, is like I look at people who are doing things that are, quote unquote, cringy, quote unquote, like uh, social suicide, whatever. And I think of how much I respect them. I respect their effort that they're putting in. They're committing to the bit. As cringy as it might be, they have committed to the bit. And I respect it. Um, yeah, if I see something I don't like, I also just, you know, s- keep swiping. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I, if I see something, obviously, I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying I'm perfect and I'm like, oh, love everyone. I'm always happy. That's not the case. If I see something that irritates me, annoys me, triggers me, whatever those other words people love to use, I just go, mm, okay, and I keep going. It's I'm not like, emotion. hey, I need you to know <laughs> I hate this. And this sucks. Also, I wasn't following you before, but I'm going to go ahead and follow you right now just so I can unfollow you. Ha ha. It's wild. It's wild. The lengths that they go to. Um, And it just shows, though, like there's so many people who are doing these comments, these trolls online. And everyone's like, oh, the problem's the trolls. The problem's the trolls. The problem is the mental health care system because these people need mental help. They They need a brain scan. Well, people are really lost right now, especially with the pandemic, with, with the pandemic going through two yes. years and kind of extending to this point. Things have really changed and people mentally are not OK. Exactly. And they're not able to. Pro- well, because I'm so- not like I'm with the people, you know, <laughs> like I'm not mentally OK. No, but it's because scientifically our brains were never programmed to um, to endure this much trauma this fast oh i believe so that. there's too many things that happen our brains haven't processed it and people are processing differently and also like all of the trauma that we all receive from our parents because our parents is trauma from their parents like uh there's a lot of trauma going on and i also was talking my personal experience i was talking with my neighbor and my neighbor said that women have never had women used to have babies a lot earlier in life women have never gone this long without having babies like Um, there's so many women in their 20s and 30s now that have no kids. What it's like, what's going on in the uteruses? Do you know what's going on in my uterus? Endometriosis. Terror. What What does that mean? When your uterine tissue grows outside of your uterus, and it's a thing with women, like I don't want to get too into it because that's a whole discussion, but you can't see it until you cut someone open. So you can't tell if you have it until... You're doing surgery, but you know that you have it because of the pain that you get. Like It's like period cramp pain. If it's super severe, it's not just period cramps. You, it's something that needs to be taken more seriously. And we don't tell women that. Oh, that's crazy. It's, so how do, you, how do you deal with that? Um, what ends up happening with most women is you say the pain's too bad to cut me open. And then they say, oh, wow, your intestines are wrapped around in uterine tissue to Time and time again, like rubber bands, and we need to do a major surgery cutting out all of this uterine tissue. Grows to like your butt, uh, grows all in your, not in your uterus, outside of it, in your organs, in your butt. It's painful. Like every time I take a shit, it's oh. like crazy cramps. So then crazy. are you going to get a cut out? I'm, it's just to the point, I'm going to get to the point where I finally go, all right, that's it. I'm going to the hospital this month. Like let's schedule an appointment. Let's go, <laughs> let's go have major surgery. So then having that surgery, does that, does that... I have no idea what that entails. I don't know. I haven't researched it at all. It's not talked about. It's not, it, like... You should have an expert or a doctor on the podcast to talk about idea. that. That would be a great idea. 
Oh, also, let me finish the story how I started Daddy Issues really quick. Oh, my God, yes. It's So basically, the women on my team were making my life a living hell. It's the whole thing. I've talked about it before, and it's fine. Um, I don't like to— When was this? Um, This was in 2014, so a minute ago. And um, and then I was very depressed. I, w- I stopped talking to any of my friends. I was just focused on work. I used to go into work before the partner came in because that was kind of what you had to do. So if he came in, I would be at work at 6 a.m. And then I would leave sometimes at 11 p.m. I would just wait till he left. And that's how I was able to get on projects with him, which was very unheard of for a junior accountant. One of the reasons I was getting bullied. Because uh, people were like, oh, I wonder why he's putting her on projects mm. and things like that. In reality, it's like, I'm just working harder than you. That's why. Yeah. So anyway, I would cry every night to sleep. I would cry in the morning in my car. And but I just thought that is the American dream. That's what my, da- ta- my dad taught me. That like you have a nine to five and oh, it's not going to be great, but that's life. And I understand. So I just thought I had to just suck it up. And um, and when I say bullying, I'm talking about serious bullying where HR was involved. Even one of the managers was suspended and fired. Like it's like serious to the point that they couldn't even fire me because of lawsuits that could happen. Like mm-hmm. I'm not it's not like joking. Yeah. Bullying. Um, but anyway, I didn't have social media at the time. I didn't care for it. But then I uh, people kept sending me memes from the fat Jewish. And I thought, how cool is it that this person can just post funny things? I don't even know who I am at this point. I forgot that I used to be funny. I was class clown in high school. I don't feel funny anymore. I'm not even allowed to <laughs> laugh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how cool that he can just be his personality and no one is mean to him based on his looks because that's what it seems like people always revolve around in my growing up. I was ugly and people bullied me for being ugly. Now I finally growing into my looks and suddenly I'm being bullied for my looks at the accounting firm. And I just like I never care for those things. So I wish people just stopped focusing on it. So that's when I created it, it, yeah, daddy like- issues for fun. It didn't mean anything. I didn't think anything of it. It was my escape. It was a way to find myself. And when I created Daddy Issues, I was so lost at that point that I created an alter ego. And I was writing about this girl. She was everything I thought I couldn't be. And she was everything I wished I could be. She was popular. She was rich. She was doing drugs. All the boys loved her. She was invisible the way I felt like I was. And she was just everything to me. And the memes that I was creating had to do with her brain and like who she is and her being super popular and not caring about any, what anyone else thinks. I, 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 that's why she was my alter ego. And then obviously my obsessive mathematical brain figured out the algorithm on Instagram and that's how I was able to kind of hack it around and oh, figure really? out. Oh, really? It came how, down to you figuring out the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty good at that. That's amazing. So I had like different strategies to figure out how to grow my social media. That's like a whole other story. And plus social media has changed since. But back then... That was that. So I think it was like a little bit of talent, a little bit of luck and good timing and figuring out the algorithm. So I, I started growing it. And the more I continued daddy issues and the more I saw how many people could relate to me, the more it started to make me feel OK with myself. And like I always said, the daddy issues audience saved me from myself and from this life. And it was just it, it felt like the first time, especially being foreign in my third country, it always felt like I couldn't fit in. So it was the first time in my life where I felt like I could fit in. And it was the first time also where I stopped caring anymore about fitting in because I realized that we're all so different and we're all so weird and we all think the same. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't realize. And it doesn't matter, like, what you do. Um, I feel like it doesn't matter what you do. People are going to say whatever they want to say. So it's like I can't, I don't value their opinion because they don't know better. They're, they're going to say the opposite of whatever I intend to do. So that's how I let go of people's opinions. Like, Yeah, it just depends. You never know. It's always where someone's coming from. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to be more judgy of you and I'm going to tell you 
something is about you is annoying me when but versus if I was in a good mood, I probably wouldn't notice that part. Like you you always have to wonder people's intentions or where it's coming from. Obviously, I do take in a lot of feedback. I'm into that constructive feedback, um, constructive criticism and all that. But it, you always have to think, where is this coming from? Because sometimes it's not for it's not for you. It's because they're embarrassed of something or they feel bad about something. Exactly. It comes back down to it is them. It's not you. It's them. Like if my boyfriend just cheated on me and you tell me about a new guy you're talking of to, I'm obviously going to tell you, I don't know. V- I don't like, give a fuck. Like, no, something. I'm going to tell you there's something suspicious about it. Like he's acting weird. You should check it out because my boyfriend just cheated on me. That's where I'm going to be coming from. So like uh, that's what you have to kind of pay attention sometimes. Mm-hmm. You take things with a grain of salt. Yes, I agree with you. With the daddy issues thing. So currently, do where are you at with it currently? Like, we just had a pandemic and stuff, too. I know that my social media, me being an influencer, I'm struggling with it. I still see your page thriving, and I still see, I'm still liking your memes and laughing at them and sharing them and stuff. So, like, is it everything? How are you doing currently with it all? Well, first of all, I post for free. So it's not like it's not like every day when you see me thriving. It's just me posting. I'm posting for free. That's the <laughs> that's like the job though. Like the con being a content creator, you like I don't expect like my posts, I'm not getting paid for any of my posts. Uh, right. I mean, they're free too, but I'm not putting anything out there. Like to keep Well, it's it harder to put it like I'm putting out memes for me. It feels easier. Like obviously every day I wake up and I'm like looking around for memes or I'm figuring out how to create memes or but it's become such a habit and I have three accounts. So on all three of them, like all my stories are always up, like updated, like there's always a bunch of things on each one of my stories on my podcast, almost adulting on daddy issues and then viral events on my personal. But I don't like taking pictures of myself. So I actually barely post on my personal Instagram. So if that's what if I had to depend on my looks and my personal Instagram, I would be not doing a good job. So I, I it's more me focusing on content where it's my writing, it's my researching for different health podcasts, mental podcasts, like it's just things like that. But Meme-wise, well, I was anonymous on Daddy Issues for two years, and then I quote-unquote came out, and then people knew my face, so that's how I was able to attach my face to my brand. But during the pandemic, I was also struggling the first year. I would say I wasn't making as much as I was making before, but it's it was me just being like, okay, because unlike a lot of my friends, because a lot of my friends who are influencers or celebrities— they're they come from rich families and i know right all of them it's fine i'm i don't complain i we all have different paths (laughs) what's the point we all have different paths it's not a big deal but so for me i don't have someone who's going to pay my mortgage if i don't have a job next month so it's constant way of trying to reinvent myself or finding ways to make to get work so it was more like okay what can I do to get a job suddenly so I created like a whole thing where I showed all my insights and and I reached out to different brands where I'm like okay here's the things that I previously done here's what I can do for your brand do you have a job for me like a media kit yeah so it's more things like that I think it's important to to just always be humble when it comes to work it's you should never be too proud to ask for work and you should never yes. be too proud to to reach out. I, I get rejected. By the way, I literally get no's and rejections all the time. Me Sometimes. too. No, I've been reaching out to people like crazy lately, like uh, just taking control of my life again. Good. And 
it's I get rejected every day. Like it's it doesn't affect me, though, because I know my mission and I know who I am and I know I'm self-aware. So it's like, okay, they rejected me because they probably I don't line up with their brand. It makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of times if you just ask, that's one thing that I've learned. And it's uh, based on this book that I was reading. A lot of times you get rejected and you take it personal, especially depends on where you're at in your headspace. Yes. So if I feel like I'm not good enough and you reject me for whatever reason, I'm going to be like, oh, because they think I'm a loser. They think I'm a loser. Great. Versus if you said, hey, I understand. Do you mind letting me know why why you guys decide to say no? Yeah, and like, then suddenly they say, they're like, oh, actually, we're full on budget. Well, actually, because we have someone very similar to you, so it just wouldn't make sense for us. And then you're like, oh, oh, okay. Or they say, actually, just not this month. Okay, well, how about next month? Yeah, that could work. Okay, great. So you, you just, like, if you just asked versus assuming. Yes, I agree with you. It's scary to ask, but like you're saying, it's so worth it. It's Why not just ask? Why not put yourself out there? I guess the rejection, the fear of rejection, but you don't get rejected anyway. I get rejected all the time. Like every day I get rejected. <laughs> I for did things. a podcast yesterday and I was in an emotional state and it wasn't my podcast. And I just started crying and I was like, you guys don't understand. I'm rejected by society. I'm rejected <laughs> by my family. I was like, I'm so rejected. I was like, but it's okay. I'm at peace with it. I swear. But it was just one of those days, you know, just one of those yeah. moments. Do you go to therapy? Yeah. It's... I have a regular therapist, and then I'm waiting on my neurodivergent-friendly autism specialist therapist, who's it's just a very complicated title. Like, I'm also, she has to be up-to-date on PDA, which is a specific profile of autism that I have. So it's that's where I struggle is the self-regulation of my emotions. I'm aware of what's going on, but it's like how to deal with them properly with it being a, my neurotype and knowing how to deal with my neurotype just some fun regulation i gotta figure out um but it i saw that you changed your podcast name yes to almost adulting it was too tired to be crazy and now it's almost adulting yeah which i think has confused some people and that was why well i didn't like relaunch it and i i like i didn't podcast for two three months and then i just came out with a new name so people thought it was a new podcast i'm like no it's not a new podcast i saw your post and i completely got it i completely understood what you were doing yeah but some people missed that post some people were confused so then like literally at first uh when i first got the podcast even getting guests on at first they were confused they thought it was a new podcast so they were down to come on too tired to be crazy but then they were confused like wait you have a brand new podcast and i'm like no it's it's i just name change i felt basically where i'm at in my life i i have sometimes you know i'm not that kind to myself as a lot of us are and then i try to be aware of it and try to to understand to be kinder to myself so even the word too tired to be crazy even though it was a joke i didn't like the fact that me and my listeners kept using the word crazy in our vocabulary because even though i'm too tired for it i'm still calling myself crazy and i'm like putting that into my body and i'm not crazy we're not crazy we just we feel things and we act differently it is what it is so i didn't like that word anymore being at the title so i figured almost adulting made the most sense because no matter where we are in our lives, we're always almost adulting. I mean, I'm 32 years old, so like I'm still figuring it out, doing my best. So yeah, I like the name, and I really could relate to it. I always feel like I'm almost adulting. It's, I'm never doing it all the way right. Um, this is a question that I did have that I did not ask you. Whenever you are doing your own Instagram, do you have like a brand for yourself that you like? To keep on that page, like um, I'm yeah. very interested in branding. Oh, I mean, yeah, I still, 
I still post on all my accounts. I just don't post pictures as much as often because I just, I don't know. I don't like taking pictures of myself. And then it's just so time consuming to, you know, sometimes I just want to be in the moment. And then a lot of the time I'm just home a lot. So that's, what are we going to keep taking pictures, selfies of myself just on the couch working? All my pictures yeah. are in my house. I'm such a loser. All of <laughs> no, them. No, but I post, I post on my stories a lot. And I think part of my brand in general I think the reason I've been able to go so long with my brand and continuously reinvent myself is because it comes from the heart. And I know it sounds silly, but I genuinely mean everything I put out and I genuinely enjoy doing a lot of these things. When I like, for example, when I was burnt out with my podcast, I took a break for two, three months and it was obvious towards the end that I wasn't enjoying it. And it was just I didn't care for it. And now when I'm, you know, so I think taking breaks are very important reinventing yourself is important doing what you love and like one thing that I genuinely enjoy I love talking to um, a lot of my followers so it's uh, people always tell me how amazing it is I'm always responding where they think that someone else is doing it for me but they're not because I don't Who have do they think is doing all this stuff for us? well it's because so I have such large accounts people just usually everyone else that I know has teams for their large accounts and I I won't have it give anyone my password so that won't be a I won't do that. And plus, most of my following is women. And I respond to all the, like, even this morning, the reason I was late, I was, like, giving advice to this girl that was going through a breakup. So then it, it took a little longer than I thought. But I genuinely enjoy giving advice. I enjoy getting feedback, good or bad. I know. And talking it, yes, to people. I can relate to that. Absolutely. I spend a lot of time, uh, like, researching stuff and giving people advice, researching things about myself understanding other people. I think it's so important. The more you learn about yourself, the more you have empathy for other people because you're like, oh, I know why I behave that way sometimes. Um, yeah. So I think it's great that you're spreading the message. So I think interacting, that. interact, like that's really good for branding in general. If you were thinking from a branding perspective is to interact with the people who are shopping on your site or how to make other people feel special. I think that's always good. But for me, I, I just genuinely, I just... Not that I don't have that many friends. I have a lot of friends, but I don't really go out a lot. So a lot of the time, like the people I just respond to and talk to in DM, like that's just that's the most interaction I've had the whole day. Same, like literally same. <laughs> so. I stay at home. I always say I'm like the most alone person I know because <laughs> I'm just at home by myself all the time. But I'm with like the Internet, you know, I'm with, with the tribe that I found on the Internet that uh, brings me comfort. And it's women. It's Women who've been through shit. Yeah. I mean, we all have. Exactly. Everyone has their own different trauma. I think it's how you handle it. But I'm definitely, I, I'm, I don't go through life, you know, maybe I should, maybe I'm on the extreme end. Now I understand my emotions better, my feelings better, but I definitely don't go through life like blaming my parents or my life for how it turned out because I think eventually you have to kind of eventually you have to grow up and you have to start taking responsibility for your life and you have to be like okay yeah this is fucked up what happened to me growing up was fucked up and this part was fucked up do I want to get better yeah I'll go to therapy yeah I'll do this okay but now I have to treat people better because I know better and now I can also change the dynamic of my family when I have children because I know better that's the key is that I know better they didn't know better and that's why we're not mad at them. Like that's why it's like I'm not mad at how what my parents did or didn't do for me because I understand they had a lack of information, a lack of knowledge. They lived in a different era, a different time. Yeah. They didn't have the internet. Not, they only knew what they were raised with. Yeah, not everyone wants to be a parent. Not everyone knows how to be a parent. They don't 
I think as we get older and when we're going to become parents, we're going to learn that there is no one-on-one parenting book where you're the best parent. Like everyone has their own opinions, but people do their best and not everyone's meant to be a parent. Like for, you know, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to go through having one of my parents in jail most of my life. Like that is something that I will never be able to relate to you, but I can understand where you're coming from and I can do my best to understand why you are the way that you are based on your upbringing, you know? I I think a lot of it too is like people spend so much time trying to compare hurt and it's like, it's the same feeling. It's the same hurt. Like you might not have had a mom and a parent incarcerated, but you've experienced something in your life where that same exact feeling of hurt you've had. And that's all that matters to me. Like people try so hard to separate themselves from each other. And it's like, no, we all understand each other. We just have so many walls up. We all are traumatized with walls and walls. And um, by being that friend on the internet, by being that person who's responding, you're slowly helping people break down their walls. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with what you just said. Um, I actually just had on my podcast this week, I have Mark Groves. He's known as Create the Love. And we were talking because this month it's all about mental health for me on my podcast. And we, we, he made a really good point where he said pain sometimes can be a, a little narcissistic, our pain specifically, mm-hmm. because we think no one else knows what, what I went through. You don't understand. You've never been through this. My pain is only my pain. And we start acting like it's this exclusive club. And we try and then because of that, we isolate ourselves from everyone else. It's like, you don't get me. No one. And it's like, actually... It's not an exclusive club. If you open, that's what that's the big problem with depression. The pr- depression is the most exclusive club out there because you think you're the only member, and it's not true. Yeah. Just like you think you're pain, you're the only member. If you just opened up, if you just asked for help, you would understand that. Yeah, just like you said, you're right. Where maybe my mother wasn't in jail, but we we can have we can have some similar emotions towards one of our parents where we can relate to each other of that pain. And if we just spoke to each other, we can relate and we can heal together. And that is the thing that we don't know. As a society is that relating and healing together is so much better and so much more comforting than people feeling sorry for you. Like, because that's what you want when you're in pain. You want people to feel sorry for you. But it's like, how about you hold your neighbor's hand and say, hey, I feel sorry for you and you feel sorry for me too and we can heal this together. I'll tell you what it is. And this is something I've had to understand for a while now is that a lot of the time, people think they want to get better. People think they don't want to be heartbroken anymore. They think they don't want to, they think they think they want to be happy. But the truth is, we stay at places that feel familiar. So just like I, if I'm always dating, if my father was emotionally unavailable and I'm always dating emotionally unavailable people, it's because it feels familiar. I don't realize it. And I'm all like, why am I keep dating the same guys? It's because I feel at home. When I'm with those people, it's the same thing for a lot of people who think they want to be happy, but they really, really, really don't. That's what they say angry. Mm -hmm. They say judging everyone else because it feels familiar to sit in my sadness, to sit in my pain. This is all I know. If tomorrow had to be happy, I don't know what's past that cliff. Like I have no idea. And now I'm scared because then what if I try to be happy and I fail? What if I try this relationship and it doesn't work out? And then I'm like, what was the point? What if I tried this job and it actually works out and I actually have to try hard? I don't know what that's like. I'd rather just stay in my pain because I know this. I know this. It feels familiar. It feels like home. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. That's why a lot of people stay at the places that they're at mentally, emotionally, physically and And everything. Yes, they stay there. And then they also drag people down there with them because they start with their mouths verbally but they tearing don't know. people down. But that's no, the they thing. Don't they, know. Don't know. they don't know. They're hurting. I, exactly. It's all about hurting and about them not being healed. But it is still, um, it is toxic. It is what it is. But 
we overuse the word toxic. We overuse the word narcissistic. We overuse I don't think we triggering. Overuse them. Yes, we do. I think that we just have we a, try to as uh, we we um, have a value of the word in a negative way so intensely. Everything can be toxic. For example, yeah, I agree. There's no such thing as the truth. There's my truth and your truth. So right now we're sitting here. I can sit here and think that the way you're speaking, like we, we can have completely different realities right now. We can be sitting and you're yes. gonna you're gonna sit and you're gonna think. We had such an amazing podcast session and I, I could potentially sit here based on whatever trauma I've gone through in my yes. life that it hasn't healed. I'm going to think I'm so triggered by the way she just spoke to me, <laughs> that one word. Yes. I'm triggered. She's a narcissist and she's attacking me. Yes. That could be lit. But like that's actually my experience with people a lot. People usually do think that about me. And I'm oh. like, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> okay. people do think I'm a narcissistic person. And um, it completely makes sense. If you look at my PDA profile, my autistic profile, and you read about PDA, it lines up. It says in multiple research things about how it looks narcissistic. It looks like sociopath. It looks like all of these things, but it's not. And everything can be explained. But do you think anybody wants to take the time to learn about me? No. So it's like I have to. That's like part of regulation that I have to, you know, figure out. Yeah, but you're working on it. Exactly. I that's am. good. Always working on trying to be a better human being um, just because I feel like it's my part. I'm trying to do my part, you know? I'm trying to not be a, tox a toxic person. I think the toxic thing, again, there's like this thing that healthy, um, healthy conflict I heard about. And I really like that because I think about it as like a, not toxic, but like things that can go toxic quickly whenever you have conflict. But a healthy conflict where you can actually like powwow it out and just be like, I didn't like how you said this. And then the other person's like, well, I said that because you did this. And then you actually grow from it because you grow to understand each other. Right. But the word conflict has always been red flagged. We don't want conflict. But it's like, oh, my gosh, we need conflict. Because if you don't have conflict, you're withholding. And that's creating toxic. Bad. So it's just interesting. Um. The value of the words narcissist, everyone's narcissistic. Three months ago, if you I would have heard narcissist, I would be like, oh my God, I'm not a narcissist. No, that is bad, 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 bad. Mm -hmm. Everyone in entertainment, you have to have some type of uh, some type of characteristics of narcissism because you are your brand is literally you. You have to sell so, yourself. Like even mean that doesn't matter how self aware I am or how peaceful I seem. Of course, I have traits of a narcissistic person, but it doesn't mean you're a narcissist. A lot of like anyone in entertainment because. Me being my own brand, I have to take my, I have to focus on my pictures. I have to care about what I'm posting. Like literally I have to think about me all day, all day, every day. And if someone were to come in and try to tell me like how wrong I was for that, that would be trauma for me. You know, if you chose to allow it to be trauma, exactly, exactly. you That's can also choose what it. you take in and take out. I mean, I think if you don't have an awareness, you don't have the choice. Like if people don't know better. But if you do know better than you can, you. again, that's that's part of thinking the world owes you something. You can't expect other people to be kind and you can't expect you. You can hope like that hope mm -hmm. is different. I can hope people will do their best. I can hope people will be good people, but I can't expect people to treat me with kindness. I can't expect people to not fuck me over because they don't care. People will do whatever they want to do. It's it's but I, it's my choice. 
how I want to take it in. And a lot of times things hurt me and I take things personally. And then I have a minute to sit down. And after I finish crying about it or finish feeling sorry for myself because I'm a human and I have emotions, then I sit and I think about it. And then I realize I can choose to allow this person to ruin me or allow this person to ruin my day. Or I can choose to realize that fuck this person has nothing to do with me, whatever they're going through. And I can choose to continue my path because the best revenge you can ever do is to succeed and to not care and to just go on with your life and pretending that person doesn't even exist. Yeah. That's how you get your power back for sure. Like it makes you feel, yeah, it gives you your power back. And I'm so tired of my power being stripped away from me. Then don't allow it. That's the new, new thing for 2022 for Demi was that just stop being a people pleaser. And yeah. it's been going great. And I have lost so many friends and I love it. Like, honestly, though, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's I think that that is kind of the difference, though, and why for me, I don't have to see a lot of people. So I get to choose who's around me most of the time. So I'm not faced with the challenges of dealing with other people and their trauma and their issues uh, put on me. I've kind of surrounded it to where I'm healing myself and I require a lot of healing. So I I need all the people in my life, the supports are focused on healing and helping me. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. And anyone that tells you like, well, that's selfish, blah, blah, that's cool. Well, like you only have one life to live. And if you're self-aware and you know that right now you can take on other people's emotions, then you're setting those boundaries and those people don't respect those boundaries, then they're wrong. You're not. Yes. I thank you for saying that. That like validates me and that makes me feel better on my journey. And I hope that this encourages anyone listening to really focus on their mental health. Even if people tell you you're a narcissist for it, that's fine. You're getting to the bottom of it. So you'll know whether you're a narcissist or not at the end of the day. Who cares? Even I mean, it's (laughs) just the the day. That's not the worst thing in the world to have narcissistic personality disorder is not the worst thing in the world. Well, first of all, there's like four or five different types of narcissistic personality disorders. But secondly, I think people focus too much on trying to um, label themselves. And then and, and it's like, how about just like be you like just live your life, like be yourself. Like I I don't feel like. I don't need to walk around, keep telling people that I am on the spectrum or that I am uh, I have um, ADHD and that I'm dyslexic and whatever else. I'm deaf in my left ear and I have very weird social skills where I can't read. I I can't read social cues. It's like a real thing that actually I would get graded on in my accounting firm. Like, I don't know when conversations end. I don't know. I can't read people's faces. So that's why I just will say what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because I'll be like, wait, what? I can relate to that. I literally be like, what's happening right now? Wait, why are you looking at me like that? Because that's me trying to understand. But like, it comes off off as not. uh, No, but it's quirky. And if someone doesn't like it, I just genuinely don't care. Like, I could die tomorrow. So at least I'm going to have the best day today. And if someone, if I go into a room, and I want to own the room because I feel good about myself today and I feel good about myself today. I finally look in the mirror and today I chose to love myself and I go out and someone's like, oh, what is she wearing? Why is she acting so confident? Cool, bitch. It's my day. It's my room. I'm going to keep shining. I don't care. Exactly. That's about like being unapologetic. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And if I feel bad about myself, I'll just go home and I'll cry about it. So I'll, I don't I'll have to be around other later. people. I'm going to fake it till I make it out here on the streets. But when I go <laughs> home, do. that's between me and myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everyone's just like you said in the beginning, doing their best. And yeah. it's doing our best in the sense of like doing what we can in that moment, according to our current circumstances. And if you find the need to judge someone out there or you're to hate someone or to really focus on what someone else is doing 
whoever is listening, take a step back and ask yourself, why is this person triggering me so much? Because most of the time, we don't realize it, but if let's say you were being very loud and that annoyed me and that's one thing I didn't like about you, guess what? what's happening? It's a trait I don't like about myself and I don't realize that I'm actually really loud. Or that's something I don't like that it you're about insecure you. about yourself being too loud. Exactly. Like people have told you that you're loud so you're scared to be too loud so, so you, then you hear someone being loud and you're like, you're too loud exactly. because people have told you, yes. Exactly, and people don't realize it. Yeah. And like if I'm ever overly, let's say I start to get envious of someone or I'm hating on someone on social media just looking at them, I'm like, oh, what's happening? Oh, I'm feeling insecure or like oh they have a trade that I don't like about myself okay cool that's nothing okay so this has nothing to do with them okay it's about me cool take a step back yeah exactly and that's growth yeah <laughs> that's growth um what what do you want to do in the future what what's what are your goals do you have goals I don't even know if I have goals <laughs> um you know I'm really Survive. bad with <laughs> I'm really bad I won't lie I am I have a I'm really bad with long-term goals that's even when in my accounting firm when we when we get graded for things that's one of my lowest grading points is uh, long-term thinking. I'm more of a short-term thinker. But Me right too. now my goals are, you know, continue my podcast almost adulting on every Thursday and every other Tuesday. I have like cool topics now every month and a lot of solo episodes. I want to do um, my goal this year is to tour for my podcast. I'm also planning on stand-up touring this Ooh. year so I'm excited for that yeah right now I'm on Adderall but when I'm off of it I'm hilarious I know you're we'll always see. funny <laughs> thanks I know you cool. I know you you're funny you're a fucking <laughs> meme page hello yeah so I, I would say stand up then obviously my my personal account Viola Benson daddy issues it's all growing I'm um we're working on some shows so there's that too and um a book two books for something that I can't say so overall, I would say my goal. But, you can't say. But overall, okay. I would say my goal, what I've been writing down is I would love to be the next Chelsea Handler slash Carrie Bradshaw with the advice. But I'm getting there. It's going to take me a second to get I can there. see you doing that. You know, I love whenever I randomly will see um, you just talking shit, looking hot as fuck and talking shit or talking, actually spitting facts into the camera um, on my feed. And I kind of get that vibe already from you. I Thank like you. that. Yeah, because I think because it's sometimes on my podcast or in general, my stories, I can come off, you know, very calm and, and sweet and all that. And then I think some some days I'm not just not having it and someone will give me a rude review like one time somebody made a uh, made a comment saying getting irritated with how I pronounce certain names and that I snort when I laugh and I was like okay first of all English is my third language so I'm like clearly I don't know if you have a problem with immigrants but like some of us cannot pronounce a lot of the words because we had to learn more than one language and there's literally still American English words I will not be able to pronounce it's because of my previous languages that I know prior to English. That's A. B, yeah, snorting English when I laugh. <laughs> can't fix that. Can't change that. So you're just asking me not to laugh. She's like, oh, it's childish. I'm like, okay, well, then you don't have to listen. I'm not going to stop. That's part of my quirk now. Now, So I'm not going to stop doing that. But sometimes, or like one time someone was like, didn't like, why does your mouth move like that? Or they thought they were being silly. And I was just like, I have a speech impediment. And then they're like, Oh, it's actually like the cutest thing about you. And I was oh like, go, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> like, you. Someone said to me, geez. what is she hiding behind those sunglasses? I said, anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, use your inside voice and keep it to yourself. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like uh, the reason is something embarrassing. Like, what are you trying to do? Humiliate me? 
Like you trying to make me call out my insecurities? Like, congrats. Yeah. That's the nice thing about the internet, like being pretty woke is that they will come to your defense if people try to do like the classic bullying of like coming for your appearance, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it depends. Like, Sometimes, sometimes people notice things about my appearance that I never even noticed was there. And Isn't I'm like, that oh, worse? Cool. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, cool. here's a new thing I can be insecure about. Somebody, uh, Tia told me in paradise, she said, Demi, why is your butt crack so small? And I said, what? Um, sorry, what? My butt crack is small? That's a whole new thing for me to be wildly insecure about now. Do you think anyone has seen the, my full backside since? Absolutely the fuck not. Boy, I feel like that's like cool. I would think I would want a smaller butt crack. I don't know. I don't know what people think of the bu- the butt crack thing. It was just something I never been okay, aware of. Okay, I have of. to see your butt crack now. <laughs> like, that's all do. I'm thinking. About I'll show you do right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, I really want to see it because I want to compare it to mine. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here and show each other's butt cracks to each other. But um, what are your plugs? Um, make sure to check out my podcast, Almost Adulting, on every Thursday and every other Tuesday. If, if this comes out in May, right now we're focusing on mental health for the month of May. And then next month is a completely new topic. So that's really cool. And then obviously follow me on social media, Almost Adulting, Viola Benson, and at Daddy Issues underscore. She's the best. Go check out her accounts. They are so good, so entertaining, and she is always consistent with her content. <laughs> I'm seriously so proud of you for that. I wish I could be more like you. Um, you can start today. Oh, my God. You're so right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> God, I love that energy. (laughs) Thank you, Violet. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Demigoddess. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Give me five stars, please. I beg of you. You know I deserve it. And also... If you guys want to reach out to me, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to take all your questions. You can reach out to the email that is in the show's description and send me anything that you think it's important for me to know. Any questions you have, I want y'all involved. Bye. Demigoddess is part of the Eve Podcast Network and a Forever Dog production. Executive producer, Tracy Soren. Producer and editor, Clementine Yost. Development executive, Mariah Nicholas. Engineer, Sebastian Portuondo. Theme song by Gabe Lopez. Cover photo by Stephanie Sayas. Forever Dog Productions is Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm.